It wasn't about starvation. It wasn't about harming your body because for me, I had to be careful with what I did to my body and what kind of stress I put myself under. So, I mean, most of my friends just starved themselves for their wedding and then right. gained 20 pounds on their honeymoon. I literally had a friend who did that, gained 20 pounds on her honeymoon. And, um, and, and I didn't want to do it that way. And what he was doing with people was really revolutionary where he was looking at biochemistry, physiology, and saying, if I feed people in a certain way, they're able to lose fat rapidly. And, 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 and I'm feeding them more than they've ever eaten in their life. And I love to eat. Nick Delgado, and I'm with Tamis Tadlock and uh, Brooke Goldner. Dr. Goldner, right? Yes. Yes. You, you did a presentation, and it was really profound in discussing lupus and some other autoimmune diseases. Now, you do nutritional counseling for people over the web, right? Yes, I do. So tell me about those outcomes. I saw uh, case studies of Donna and some other people. How did you accomplish that to help these people who are apparently troubled with fatigue for quite a while, right? Fatigue, joint pain, skin rashes. I mean, lupus is a disease that affects the entire body. And so the immune system basically completely goes out of control because of massive inflammation in the body. And so it no longer can recognize self from non-self. And so the immune system starts to actually destroy, attack and destroy people's own organs. And so they are actually literally killed from the inside out by their own immune system. So it is, it, is a, it is one of the most debilitating diseases out there. And it was one that was rare. I had lupus. I was diagnosed at 16 oh. years old. Wow. And uh, I had kidney failure. And later developed blood clots. I had a, um, I had a transient ischemic attack, which is basically uh, like a mini stroke. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I really, I was told from a young age that I just wasn't going to live a long life and that I'd probably be handicapped by my 30s. I could never have children. And I'd probably, I'd be lucky to live till 50. And so, you know, it's really this death march. And as your as the lupus develops, they just trace, they, they chase symptoms. So, you know, we give steroids and immunosuppressants to try yeah. to help people minimize inflammation chemically, but we never stop the disease process. And so for me, I became a medical doctor really because I wanted to help people with suffering and because my doctors did save my life. I mean, while the medications were excruciating, they, 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 they enabled me to continue living and stop the disease enough that I could get into a remission where I could go on and my kidneys were able to keep functioning. And so, you know, that's basically the best you can hope for, really, with Western medicine right now, is for medications to keep you alive. And uh, I was fortunate enough that when I got older that I met this man, Thomas Tadlock, and uh, at the time he met me, I was very sick. I had just recently developed the blood clots, and uh, I was on these blood thinners that I had to inject myself with every day. And I was told if I didn't do that, I would die of a massive stroke. Whoa. But taking those medications, I also was at risk of bleeding out and having a hemorrhagic stroke. If I got into a car accident, I might not make it to the hospital. So it's just it's very scary. Yeah. But for me, it was just, you know, I always felt very blessed and grateful that there was always some answer. There was some way for me to keep going because I felt very determined to give back and to give my gift and, and to try to help people. So that's how I was when he met me. I was graduating medical school, and in spite of all the health issues, I was just very grateful and excited that I was going to get to do this amazing job and be able to help people. And uh, I didn't know she was sick at the oh. time. I mean, we fell in love, and then she broke it to me that she had this, yeah. this life-threatening disease. 
that. And I, I never heard of lupus before. I didn't know what autoimmune disease was. She basically explained it to me as um, basically we're not going to be able to have children because this disease is going to kill her and the child. Yeah. And also she's going to start getting really, really sick soon, so I'm going to have to take care of her. And by her mid-40s, she'll probably be dead. So this is something we talk about on a first date, but you know, (laughs) we knew within a month that we just were soulmates, wanted to be married. But I had to really lay it out there for him to make sure. One of my dreams, (laughs) and she just tells me that she's got a death wish, and 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 we're not going to be able to to live a long life, and we're not going to have children together. I'm going. Are you kidding me? Really? What kind? At first, I thought it was a joke. I thought I've never heard of this before, and 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 how? What are the chances that I, I finally meet? The, the woman of my dreams, the love of my life, and then she's got this horrible disease. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I told him all of this and thinking, okay, here's your chance to run. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, he just, he just, it, to me it was a, a, a heartbeat before he answered me. I know you said it felt like forever, but he just. Uh, something in my heart, something in my heart just said, I, I, I have to be with her. I have to be with her, I, even if it's going to be a short life, I, then I'm just going to be committed to making it the best life she's ever had. Wow. And yeah. so, so we. Yeah, and he, what he said to me was, "I'd rather have a short life with you than a lifetime with somebody else." It's true. So I said, "Cool, let's get married." <laughs> so, um, and so what ended up happening is. Um, you know, I'd always dreamt about the white coat. I want to live long enough to, to get the white coat and to be able to do all this. And suddenly I had this white dress that I was planning for, you know, and I was suddenly just like any other regular 20-something getting excited about my wedding. And at the time, you know, he was working with MTV. He was already famous for being the number one rapid fat loss expert. And, and they were using him to get celebrities who'd been partying too much who need a six-pack in three weeks for their video or their sure. photo shoot. And that's what he was doing. And I said, well... I also would like to have, you know, a, a rock-hard body. I mean, I'm going to get married. We decide to go to Maui and just have a very, very tiny wedding. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I want to look good, too. And yeah, so I said, you married the right guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I liked what he did was an approach where, you know, it wasn't about starvation. It wasn't about harming your body. Because for me, I had to be careful with what I did to my body and what kind of right. stress I put myself under. So, I mean, most of my friends just starved themselves for their wedding and then right. gained 20 pounds on their honeymoon. I literally had a friend who did that, gained 20 pounds on her honeymoon. Oh. And, um. And, and I didn't want to do it that way. And what he was doing with people was really revolutionary, where he was looking at biochemistry, physiology, and saying, if I feed people in a certain way, they're able to lose fat rapidly. And, 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 and I'm feeding them more than they've ever eaten in their life. And I love to eat. And so, uh, yeah, well, you now, know. Now, this, was, this was many years ago. This was back in 2004, between 2004 right. and 2005. Mm. And I... I I figured out that I, I just seemed to get way better results when it came to carbohydrates when we just made it all come from plants right. um, and, and not so much the starchy stuff, just lots of raw vegetables, more raw vegetables that I was feeding my clients, the faster their weight loss and their right. fat loss. I mean, right. my clients were getting leaner and more ripped and more defined. I thought, okay, well, that's working. Let's just keep doing more of that. Right. And, and then the protein came from meat. But she was a vegetarian at the time. Whoa. so I've been vegetarian since I was a kid. So, yeah, yeah. so she chose plant-based protein products, like primarily tofu. Uh, and mm-hmm. and so she did that, and then it was also high-dose omega-3. So at the time, we were getting it from, from fish oil. And then she figured out how to get it from flax seeds. And, and she was able to get the same results body transformation-wise. 
And and she looked amazing for her, her wedding. I mean, what did you drop? You went from like I size went from 10? a size ten eleven to a size three in three and a half months. Wow. And uh, and before that, I had gone. I used to work out two hours a day, and I thought I ate healthy. I ate very little, and you know, and then he starts. Tell me I have to eat, you know, like six times more than I've ever eaten in my life. And I said, well, calories, I'm going to eat more calories. I'm going to gain weight. And he said, you know, doctors are so hard to train because they think they know stuff. And I went, okay, you know what? You're the expert. For once, I will let you be. I will do it your way. And right. it was amazing. And for me, you know, the, the physical results were awesome. And we looked amazing at our wedding. But what was more extraordinary for me was how I felt. And for the first time I could remember since being a teenager, I had no joint pain. My skin was glowing. I had amazing energy and I was an intern. So I was working 30 hour shifts and, you know, and, and having these overnight shifts, having to work crazy 80 hours or more a week. And I had energy so much so that, that my chairman, my residency chairman pulled me aside because he was a little worried that I was too energetic and happy for an intern. (laughs) <laughs> that you're supposed to be kind of morbid and, and depressed and, you know, and I was just, I just felt really good. Sure. And so I said, you know, I don't know what it, it is about this way of eating that's making me feel good, but I'm just going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was the most we thought was at least I feel good. We well, never had any concept of change. So her, the whole reason she wanted to go yeah, through this life right because yeah. she knew we were going to take a lot of pictures. We are going to mm-hmm. be in Maui. She was going to be a ba- in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. So right. we got... Amazing pictures taken in our bathing suits in front of a waterfall. So she got to come back with all, all of this, yeah. like all these great pictures, and she looked mm-hmm. amazing. And then you kept up on the program. I was yeah. really impressed with Just that. Because how I felt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then that's when you yeah. got your blood work taken. Right. So when you have lupus, you're constantly monitored for blood work because right. any that often will let you know if something is happening, if you're about to lose an organ. I mean, it's very, very important. So I just moved to California from Pennsylvania where I'd had all my previous tests done. And mm-hmm. so they had taken my blood work right before we left for our wedding. And I came back to get my results. And the doctor said, you know, he said to the med student, this woman alleges to have lupus, mm. but her blood work is negative. And that's medically impossible, according to what Western medicine says and right. everything I learned in medical school. And I just graduated medical school, so I knew this wasn't right. Um, they said that it's not possible. So all the lupus tests were negative. Wow. And my blood clot test, which was the newest illness I developed, they were they were only in the high level of normal, which normally you would never treat except for I'd had serious symptoms. So they said, all right, something happened in the lab. We'll just retest you in another couple months, and then we'll see from there. You know, it must be someone else's blood test. Because as far as I've learned, and any, any Western medical doctor knows, once you have certain tests become positive for lupus, like your ANA, certain tests, it right. is positive for life. Yeah. So even if you're in remission, a blood test shows you have the disease. And mine was negative. So we retook it, and when we retook it, not only were the lupus lupus test still negative, but the uh, anti-cardiolip and the blood clots, that was negative. My genetically high cholesterol was optimal. My blood pressure and heart rate had dropped down to the levels of a marathon runner. I was not running. Uh, and so it just, we couldn't figure it out. And so I said, I don't know what happened, but we're just going to keep, we're just going to take this as a blessing and just keep going. And really never had the thought until years later that Somehow I had healed myself. It just, you know, it was just kind of. We didn't jump to any conclusions. Yeah, we just we, we weren't going mean, to do that. Yeah. First of all, we didn't think diet had anything to do with it. We just right. thought we got really lucky, and the blood work is just showing that she's healthier than ever. Let's just whatever we're doing, let's just keep doing. Yeah, let's just keep skating. I actually thought we were just we were really lucky. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was that was great. And then I remember her telling me because it was the first thing she told me. She said, "I'm not going to be able to have a baby." Yeah. With you, and then she says something crazy to me because you know if you have a baby and you have lupus, you're dead, and yeah. so is the baby. Yeah. And then she goes, 
I want a baby. <laughs> well, and this was, this was years later. So even after my blood tests mm-hmm. were negative for a year, I stayed on medication because we didn't know, like, what was the med- maybe the medication was part of what was keeping me right, well, right. and why, mm-hmm. if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? Don't change anything. And so after a year of continuing on blood thinners, which also have negative effects, said, right. we're treating anxiety, but with anti-inflammatories and blood thinners. You know, anxiety about me getting sick. My right. doctor's anxiety, my anxiety. Okay. So I said, let's try going off the medicine. I had to tell them because, you know, the, he was scared, you know. And, I was uh, nervous, too, because yeah. for, for his all, all I knew was that these medications were keeping her alive. Yeah. Yeah, you know? but for me, looking medically, you know, I was like, it didn't make sense. I felt great. My labs were perfect. What are we treating? So I said, you know, I don't have a death wish. I don't want I, I will come back if there's any problems at all, but let's do it. So I got off the medication, and years passed. Finally, I got fired by the rheumatologist mm. who, you know, probably thought I was malingering, and, you know, except that they had my old chart that proved that I had been this sick person. Um, so he said, you know, if you ever need a doctor, come back, but I don't know why I'm seeing you anymore. And I was just trained to go to the doctor from 16 years old, you know, so, okay. And so it was years later, and I said, you know, I am perfectly healthy. I don't know why, but I'm perfectly healthy, and I really want to procreate with this man. <laughs> and, um, and so it just seemed like a good idea, and I was the only one who thought it was a good idea. Um, Tom was freaking out. My mom was volunteering to carry the baby for us. I mean, my Whoa. best friend wanted to carry the baby for us. I have people who love me who wanted to keep me alive. Mm. I said, I really feel like I can do this, and there's no indication why I can't. Right. So he, uh, we had a meeting, and next thing I know, I was pregnant. And um, and I went to the OB, and she freaked out, sent me to the high-risk OB. She said, I, I don't want to. As soon as she heard my history, nobody wants to touch you yeah. because lupus is often deadly in pregnancy. Yeah. And um, so she sent me to high-risk. High-risk OB does a physical, does lab tests, goes, I have nothing to treat here. Sent me back. It was, I was punted, you know. So the OB said, fine, I'll follow you, but I'm going to take, uh, we're going to do ultrasounds every other week. I'm going to take all these blood tests. And uh, they were all predicting it's going to happen. The lupus is going to come back when you're pregnant. Went through the whole pregnancy, fine. They said, okay, childbirth is actually the highest risk. So as soon as you have the baby, bam, you're going to get slammed by the autoimmune disease. Had a baby. I actually ended up with a C-section. He was breached, but oh. first they could not turn him. So I had a C-section. Same day, I'm walking around. I feel fine. Everybody was so nervous that day. Oh I was God. nervous. All our family was nervous. And the same day, she's on her feet walking. Perfectly fine. I felt great. Great milk supply. Nothing. Baby is perfect. And um, they couldn't figure it out. They said, okay. And, and, and so after that, and not only that, by the way, I mean, a week after I had the baby, I was nine back days. Nine, nine days after I had our baby, I was back in my same clothes I was wearing before the pregnancy. Sweet. So there was something mm-hmm. about my new body yeah. that it didn't want to be sick. It didn't want to be bloated. It didn't want to be fat. It's like, oh, pregnancy's over. Let's go back. It's like I had reached this equilibrium where my body just wanted to be in that state. And at that point, we realized something amazing has happened because according to everything that Western medicine says, this should not be happening. And that's when we really dived into the science and look well, nutritionally what's going what, on. What do we do different? What right. was different? Yeah. And we realized, oh my goodness, it was, it was, you did a diet and an exercise program. That's what you did. So we yeah. spent about a year reverse engineering yeah. the diet to figure out what in it could possibly have any effect on, on What did I stop eating that was hurting me? And what did I start eating that was healing? And what we found is there's a wealth of research and information about nutrition and biology and physiology that were never taught in medical school. I mean, 40 years back, even farther. I mean, if you look at Gerson, even longer than that, right? And so it's that information is there. But as a doctor, I was taught very clearly the only resource you need is a New England Journal of Medicine. 
And the New England Journal of Medicine did not have any nutrition data and nothing like that. And so when we started really looking at the research, we went, oh my gosh, it's all there. And, and so we were able to pointed prove towards inflammation. Yes, everything. Everything, everything pointed towards inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we realized was, because I, I started going back, like, I thought, well, you know, at this point I've trained, I've trained thousands of people. How come nobody has ever reported to me that their disease or whatever they're suffering from had been healed? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Brooke was like one of the only vegetarians. She did not wow. eat the meat. So my program at the time is it was mainly you eat meat and it's all raw vegetables vegetables and omega threes. She didn't eat the meat, and so she looked into that, and we looked in the meat and how it just causes inflammation, lupus is an inflammatory disease, and how all the raw vegetables that she was eating and that all all my students were eating were all anti-inflammatory, and then the omega threes too, extremely anti-inflammatory, and then it just made it made so much sense. The puzzle pieces fit together so beautifully. It was just. it was just amazing that somehow this had happened, and yet it all made sense, every single piece. And that's how we came up with the program that I teach now with doctors, which is the six easy steps to healing autoimmune disease or any chronic illness, because really all human illness at this point is inflammatory in nature, meaning that the immune response is not functioning properly. And our immune system is what regulates our ability to fight disease, whether you're getting an infection or whether it's just regulating your hormones, whether it's you know regulating any kind of system, even tumor. All your immune system is supposed to take care of all of that. And when you get into a chronic inflammatory state, it cannot do its job. And so it starts to backfire, you know, and so people develop inflammatory diseases and diabetes is inflammatory, cardiovascular disease, stroke, that's all inflammatory. Mm -hmm. And lupus and autoimmune disease, they're just the worst of them. It's just, I mean, now your immune system not only can't treat your disease, it now became the disease and is attacking your organs. Mm. And so what really has been stunning, especially when I teach doctors, is if you can reverse lupus, you can reverse anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what we found is true. That's right. Wow. Wow. What a story. So you've come to this place, Dr. Goldner and Thomas. You're in this world now, and and all of a sudden this whole thing opens up. It's like an enlightenment. I I know we met at at a lecture where I was showing people their blood on a TV screen like I did for Tony Robbins, and it it was just mind-blowing for people to see, wow, healthy people, their blood looks like this. They're largely vegetarian. They exercise. They're doing the right things. The unhealthy people who we looked at and showed the whole audience were basically eating meat, you know, not exercising properly. They admit they really didn't have the best habits around. And so we are not only what we eat, how we think, how we exercise, mm-hmm. um, our belief systems, all these things are important, right? I mean, Absolutely. you're putting it all together. It yeah. is. It is. It's a holistic, it's a holistic approach. You know, I, my, my board certification is in psychiatry and neurology. Mm-hmm. And the same foods that heal the body of chronic disease also improve mental clarity and mood and memory. And, you know, they're anti-aging and all of that. To, I mean, and so, you know, I always tell people one of the, one of the crimes of medicine, I think, has been the specialization where you know we are so myopic where okay I, I my focus is the head and your focus is the heart and your focus is the joints and as soon as someone has a symptom that's out, outside of our view we send them to someone else and what we forget is what we lose sight of is the body tells us a story but we have to listen to the whole story and you don't get the whole story when we just look at one symptom or one area but I, I teach my patients especially if they come to me for depression and I'm talking to them about 
vegetables. And they're going, but that's my head. And I say, you have this weird thing called a neck that attaches your head to your body. <laughs> and so if your body is malnourished, then you're going to have symptoms psychologically as well. And that's why we have this huge uh, explosion of mental illness now, too, starting in children at ages we never saw before. And so people go, why is there more ADHD? Why is there more childhood depression and on? Um, and bipolar and schizophrenia. I'll say for the same reason that there's more childhood coronary artery disease, there's more childhood diabetes, there's hypertension. It's the same disease process. It's just manifesting in a different place. So we treat it the same way. Mm, Tremendous. So when you came to these conclusions, now you're administering a program, what's impressive too, you were showing pictures of other attendees asking you questions of Thomas and his phenomenal body. I know he's not a bodybuilder, but crazy incredible shape and you are training now and have been elite athletes but one of the big things is helping really elite like bodybuilders and winning competitions she was showing me a a guy 260 pounds who's like phenomenal i worked with uh, frank mirror 260 pounds and got him to transition but they they try for a while and some of them they're just not used to knowing how much plant food to eat and how to make that transition so they sometimes slip back or sneak back to to the meat eating but you know those that stick with it and learn the right process. So tell me about some of these elite athletes and what's been the outcome. Well, I'll tell you about bodybuilding because a lot of people are really interested in how do you build muscle on a vegan diet. Right. Because my first thought was, the whole idea of going plant based was, I mean, she convinced me to go plant based, first of all. She manipulated it. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the time, my thought at the time was the moment I go plant based, first of all, where am I going to get my protein from? Right. Almost all plant-based food is heavy in carbohydrates, so I'm going to get fat and I'm going to get weak. And and the thing was too, he, you know, his all business, of all of well, all of his his fame and recognition was for you know physique and teach people how to be muscular and all this stuff. And he goes, I can't just be some skinny vegan. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What am I going to do there? I have to find another career. So, so what I said was, if anyone can figure out how to build muscle on a vegan diet, it would be you. So I said, okay, bring it I'll give it eight weeks. I'll figure this whole thing. Out. But no, no. Do you believe that your preconceptions have a lot to do with the outcome of whatever it is that you embark on? Your belief. So my belief was, I'm going to become a skinny, scrawny, weaker, fatter vegan. That's exactly what happened because I didn't know what I was doing. I was consuming lots and lots of processed soy products for my protein. You know, I was eating those soy hot dogs. So instead of eating chicken, you were eating soy hot dogs. Replacing that, and then a lot of my a lot of my uh, my my food came from a lot of processed food. My carbohydrates came from a lot of pasta. And right. things like that, and of course, I, I've sabotaged myself. I, I right. did it all wrong, and I and, and everything that I was afraid of happened. I lost strength, I lost a lot of muscle mass, mm-hmm. and I got fatter. And then I, I I re-looked at it again, and I just I finally really gave it a good open look. Okay, what would be different about being vegan? And one thing I knew about being vegan was the recovery time is dramatically decreased when you go vegan. So much empirical evidence. After workout, you can evidence. get yeah. back goodness. to working out again. Vegan yeah. athletes all across the board, that's the first thing they talk about. It's like, wow, my recovery ability is amazing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm able to work out so many more times per week than I used to before, and sure. I'm able to work out more intensity than I ever was before. I thought, okay, well, if that's the case, then I need to also adjust my workouts so that I'm working out more intensely. Not doing it before, because mm-hmm. what I remember, like what works for a lot of bodybuilders on me is working out one body part really hard right. once a week. Right. As a vegan, you can work the same body part with the same Absolutely. or greater intensity three to four times a week. I thought, okay, i got to make a big change in my workout, mm-hmm. and I've got to get rid of all the process stuff. So I, went, I switched to it's a really complete important. 
whole food, plant-based approach, got, get my protein from, from whole plant, uh, plant sources, and just ditching all the processed stuff. And, and what happened was I was able to gain almost all my strength back that I lost in, in four weeks. Had it completely back to my, my height um, in, in less than eight weeks. And then I was breaking my own personal records of all time after like 12 weeks. And, wow. and, and this is what was wild and what blew my mind. I was counting the grams of protein. And I, and, I, and I counted, I thought, oh my goodness, I went from 190 pounds to 202 pounds uh, on only 100 to 110 grams of protein tops. And that was a combination. A day. Yeah, a day. Where it used to take me about 250 to 275 grams of protein coming from meat sources to be able to build the same amount of muscle. And I never built that much muscle and that much strength that fast ever in my entire life. So when I'm talking to my friends and athletes that, that, that do this, the, they love the nutrition because one of the biggest complaints that I used to get from my meat-eating bodybuilders was eating all the freaking meat all day long because right. they've got to eat these, these six massive meals where they're spending a half hour just chewing their food and, and just ingesting that stuff. To be able to get away with less than half the amount of protein for them, it was a, it was a godsend because it, it was, that was one of the hardest parts was literally to shuffle that much food down into their systems and they wouldn't need, they, they would only need half of that. So I was in the supermarket recently and um, I was wearing a shirt that was about vegan fitness and this huge guy, he must have been over 300 pounds, came up to me, you know, came over to me and he goes, excuse me, is that thing in your shirt, is that real? said, yeah, it's actually, it's a real thing. He goes, oh my God, I, I think he told me he was eating 500 grams of protein a day and it was all chicken meat. He goes, I am so sick of meat. I would love to know more about that. And so I gave him information. So it's this real issue that, especially the big guys, they think the only way to be that way is to eat huge amounts of animal products and they actually get sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm, I'm not a why person. So it doesn't, I'm not even concerned why it works. I'm a how, how do you make it work? All I care about is what do you need to do? What do you need to eat to get the end result? And the end result being building a lot of muscle on a plant-based diet. Hey, if we can do it on, on half the protein or less than half the protein, that's all that matters to me. But the most important, the most important component is knowing that your recoverability is going to be so much better and it's going to be, you're going to recover so much faster uh, you have to hit the gym a lot more often to be able to get these amazing results because your body adapts right back down to as if it's not doing anything at all a lot faster on a plant-based diet than when you're when it seems that uh, you're on a, on a meat-eating diet. And I think that's actually that's a sign a of health. Thing. It's a sign of health because our bodies are so good when we're on a really healthy low inflammation diet, our bodies want to reach equilibrium really quickly. So if you're challenging it with a lot of exercise, it goes, oh, we're building muscle? Okay, cool, let's build muscle. And then if you stop doing that, it goes, oh, I don't need all that extra tissue? Cool, let's get rid of that extra tissue. So it's actually a sign of health. And, it's, and when you think about it, when somebody's a, a meat-eating bodybuilder, they can build that muscle and then they can slack off and they keep it. It's because their metabolisms are so slow and their body is so slow that it can't react to situations as quickly so you know on the one hand that's a bit of a challenge when you're trying to build muscle but on the other hand it's a sign of health and you know he talks about all he cares about is how quickly you can get the results for people and it's really important but as a doctor for me the fact that you can have someone build muscle get that amazing physique on stage and not have a heart attack by 40 that's really great because those bodybuilders they all do I remember as a medical student in the emergency room having a guy come in in his 30s very muscular very attractive chest pain mm. You know, and so that really struck me too that just because you look beautifully built on the outside does not mean you're healthy. 
Yeah, I was with a, a medical doctor um, uh, out of UCLA, and we were in Florida, and there was a convention, and uh, I, I remember, you know, having a conversation with him, and he was with his significant other uh, that night, and out of nowhere, like three days later, I got word that he had a massive stroke. Oh, my gosh. And uh, they flew him back to UCLA, got him into the facilities, and I followed up, and I said, you know, are you going to put him in hyperbaric oxygen? Maybe we can, you know, save his brain, and because we had seen results with acute, you know, stroke injury, but they more attuned to using hyperbaric for burn injuries. Mm -hmm. So they had a burn unit, but they went, they refused to put them in the hyperbaric where in Russia and China they use hyperbaric for stroke victims. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, he passed on. And he, he was young, strong. He was training for Iron, you know, one of the big competitions. And it just it, it left a place in my mind that when you talk to athletes, uh, and there's been studies where they'll say, look, if you could win the, the Olympic gold, you know, would you, if you knew you would die, you know, a year later after, and unfortunately, a majority of the people said, yeah, I'll, I'll get the gold, and even if I'm going to die, and, and I don't think people get mortality, and, and we're not immortal, and, and they don't equate, look, gone is gone, now there may be a hereafter, but right now you're here, so right. to leave this planet earlier, so I think personally that the biggest objection that I hear every time I talk to people is, you know, how can I build a body on a plant protein-based diet? And so I remember back when I first made my change in diet because I was working with Nathan Pritikin and I remember going to a plant base and holding on to egg whites because I thought at least I'm getting protein, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I'd slip in a little chicken because I thought, God, I can't go completely animal free. But my cholesterol won't come down. I was eating chicken. And then I realized, and Pritikin told me, he said, look, chicken has as much cholesterol as red meat. And when he told me that, and I still say that same line and, and discussion to every client I have, chicken and fish have as much cholesterol as red meat. It may have a different fat content, but the cholesterol is permeated equally throughout the flesh. Even if you pull the skin off, and even if you take leanest fish, it's got cholesterol. Tuna packed in water has more cholesterol than red meat. And when I got that, I said, wow, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to live longer or I'm going to die early and look good. So I said, I'm giving up the chicken. I'm giving up the fish. No egg whites, nothing. Went completely vegan for two years. And I watched my body just waiting like, oh, gosh, it's going to shrink over. And I didn't have that experience. My, my, my body sustained and improved. And then I read about the Bulgarian trainers where – uh, here's this little country competes in the Olympics and uh, they, they're right up there with the Russians and the U.S., right? And if you read about the Bulgarian training, it's like what you were talking about. They're training two, three times a day the same muscle groups. They found that it took two hours to recover from the same muscle fatigue, but it sometimes took a little longer for body recovery. But if they had been on a plant base, they could recover quicker. Mm. So I started using the Bulgarian training with Mike Menser's Train to Failure, which is like really extreme mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. I built the most massive, powerful, I'm, I'm not genetically big, I, I don't get big like Arnold, but my genetics, if you look at Spanish bodybuilders, you know, I've got that sleek, and it just manifested the Frank Zane type look. I just had, you know, that that physique. And I, I look back on that and I thought, gosh, you can build muscle on mm -hmm. a plant base. You just have to know that you can recover quicker. It's okay to train the same muscle group. Mm -hmm. When I went on to compete against Dragon Radovich, for him to be a world, world champion, he, he divulged to me. He said, you know, we train every day the same muscle groups to do hammer curl press. So I said, okay, this every other day, where did that come from? 
Well, Arthur Jones had said it takes 72 hours before muscles atrophy. So he said you have to train the body groups every other day so they don't atrophy. He didn't say if you trained every day that you would atrophy. So I took it on. I said, okay, so that means I can train every day. I can recover and see what would happen. So, of course, I eventually exceeded Dragon Radovich's record. Uh, I broke another world record in curls. And I did it because I was training outside of the box of every rule that we learned mm-hmm. about personal training, right? The diet was completely opposite of what everyone said. Mm-hmm. The training was completely opposite. Mm-hmm. But it was fulfilling and it worked. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? I've got a lot of certifications. I have a graduate degree in exercise science. And it, just, it, really, it really ticked me off that most of the information that I had learned, I can't, I can't even apply anymore. It just, mm-hmm. I, I have to invent a whole new set of rules and you have. to be able to get the results right. that we want. And, and what, what everybody wants, they want fast results, we want reliable results, and they want their health intact. So doing it this way with plants where there's no side effects, there's only positive, there's only positive effects, there's no negative side effects to it. It just seems like a win, win, win all across the board. Right. So that's so that that's been my that's been my major selling point with my with my vegan athletes, and they love it. They absolutely love it because once they start doing it, they, they feel better. Yep. They, the results come on faster than they've ever seen before themselves, and they don't have to eat as much protein, which that was like a huge thing. Like coming from the meat, they would just feel sick all the time, and they feel like on the verge of throwing up all the time because of all the, the the massive amounts of food, and they they didn't need that with doing the plant based way. Well, I think there's some important studies that have been overlooked or not looked at closely. Pritikin had shared this with, with me years ago, and they, Dr. Lee had taken a group of young 22-year-old student, college students, and he had one group on rice only and the other group on rice and chicken. They measured nitrogen protein retention, and they fully expected that the chicken and rice group, which chicken's supposedly a complete protein, would absorb more nitrogen protein than the rice-only group. They were shocked to report there was 20% higher protein nitrogen absorption in the rice-only group than the chicken and rice. Wow. Mm-hmm. So long as they had iso-equal calories, if, if they got enough calories from the rice to sustain, because that's the difference. Most uh, athletes who are meat eaters, they're used to getting a lot of calories from their meat. You pull that meat out, you just have to know how to get enough food, rice, or vegetables, or sweet potatoes, whatever it is. So that was encouraging me. I said, oh, wait a minute. Not only are plant proteins absorbable, they're absorbable at a higher rate, which lends to your idea that you don't need as much grams of protein. Well, you know what lends to my idea that you don't need as much grams of protein is that we eat Fewer grams of protein, and we get the same result. Right. I just look at the which, end result. Which can yeah. I look at how, how we got there. Why it works, I really don't care. I, I really do not care right. how the mechanism, understand the mechanism. I, there's a lot of people that will spend like weeks, years, a lifetime trying to study and understand what that is. From my standpoint, I think where most people are, they just want the result. How do you get the result? What do you got to do to get the result? Most people are like, I don't have time to understand how this works. And you know, my right now, I, I'm, I don't, a lot of times when a lot of folks think they, they figured out how something works, they find out some more new information later that there's another piece to the puzzle. And then they discover something else. I mean, it's just like an, a never-ending rabbit hole. That was what, what I realized when I was 
I was graduating and I, from my graduate school and having to go through research. I thought, man, this is, you can just keep going and going and going and going and going. And then the moment some new information comes along, all of a sudden, everything you believed before, you've got to revise all of that. I thought, how frustrating. How, how, how much energy do we have to spend just to, to keep understanding how something works when all we got to do is look at what do you got to do to make the result happen at the other, on the other side? That's, that's all that really matters to, to me. And, and I research think most informs people, what we do. I mean, sure. we, we read it and we look at it, and, and the way we do it is we see what happens. I mean, Tom is the, a mad scientist like you've ever met. And, you know, so what he'd do is he'll, he'll read some interesting information, and then what he does is he'll experiment on himself. I've watched him so many times intentionally lose all of his muscle, put himself in an inflamed state, so that then he could say, okay, now, because if you already have muscle, then you can't, then people can say, oh, well, you already had that muscle from right. when you were not being this. So he will lose it all. I'll go, okay, so now let's see if I can gain muscle just doing primarily green smoothies and large amounts of raw foods, and then he'll do that, and he'll gain it all and show it. So for him, he experiments on himself first, and when he gets really, really impressive results, then he'll get a group of subjects together and put them through it. And only when he gets 100% of those people getting the same kind of results, then he creates something around that, a product or a system, so that every single person who does that system will get that result. And so that's why, you know, when he says his religion is results, that's what he means. It's not that it's not informed scientifically it's that it's, it's just an interesting idea it doesn't mean anything to him for him it's all about practical results and i and i share that you know especially as a doctor you know We've been at a conference all weekend where, you know, there's been very interesting scientists who are talking about very interesting ideas, but a lot of it isn't readily practical. So, you know, these doctors all come in, majority of them clinicians, and they sit down and they learn that there's a random strawberry that's available in some random country that apparently has more healing probably than anything else. No one knows where the hell you get that strawberry. So it's an interesting idea. How do I apply that in my practice? There's no way to apply that. So, you know, the way I approach is that I teach the doctors the same way I teach my patients, which is here. Here's what works. And I can tell you about the inflammatory pathways and, and why we believe it works. But you know what? I've heard you know, five or six different speakers talk about different reasons why meat might cause disease. But the main takeaway is meat causes, meat causes disease. disease. That's right. Great. So we don't need to – and I see people arguing over which reason is more important. That I don't care about. It has been proven to me by my experience with myself and my clients and enough research that – Meat causes disease. So do we have to keep diving down that rabbit hole to figure out all the reasons why? Or can we just all agree that evidence-based medicine, science, and results show that it's bad for us? Let's move forward. And that's what I see is a lot of docs and people get caught up with that. They go, you know, just choosing our water requirements. This is what's working for us. And when we got our clients to drink 96 ounces to a gallon of water a day, their results just went into warp speed. I don't know why that number works. But I don't really, I'm not taking too much time to figure that out because it just, it works. So I think we have to balance that, being informed by research and and learning from other people what's working and then making that practical and seeing what's working with people out there in the trenches. And let's just do that. Let's focus on that rather than the mental masturbation of just going (laughs) over and over, like all the different possibilities of why that might be so. Sure. So is there a website you have to access your information, to learn? I, I've told sure. wonderful things. I looked up your website. But tell us, share with us your website, and uh, yeah. I'm sure Thomas has a website as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so my website is veganmedicaldoctor.com. Beautiful. Veganmedicaldoctor.com. Veganmedicaldoctor.com. And so right from my website, people can access information and systems and products that they can download or use right away uh, where they can learn more about healing chronic disease, um, whether they want to boost their mental capacity or whether they want 
want to heal themselves or, or lose weight or whatever it is. Also about healing relationships, you know, because um, the way we feel and the way we function, our mental health, our relationships, is a huge part of how our bodies function. And when any of that is off balance, our bodies don't function properly. So uh, as a psychiatrist as well, I really incorporate that in my healing. So people can go there and learn that information. If they want to have a consultation with me, I call every person back personally to speak with them and hear their story and see if there's any way that I can be there for them. But it's really important to me, you know, what we're doing is we, we got a second chance. I got a second chance at life. And we get to grow old together and have this amazing family. Right. And we want everyone to have that. So for us, yeah. this is really a personal mission. So, it, sure. it, it, so I personally reach out to every person. And no matter what they do, they're kind of stuck with me for life. I will call mm-hmm. you months later and, are you still doing this? And what are you eating? And what's going on with you? Sure. So, that's what I, so that's what I do. So people can work with me one-on-one if they want. Or whatever, whatever they're looking to do, I'm there for them. Yep, that's right. And then we just launched a website called AmazingFitnessAndHealth.com. And there, we're, we're turning that into just a resource for people to, to get the information they want. And they can, they can sign up for free and download my 30-page Vegan Muscle Building Guide. And I show exactly how I put on 10 pounds, uh, 100% plant-based in just 28 days. Of and, muscle. Uh, and then uh, I have a full 45-minute free audio training on how to drastically raise your metabolism so you can get leaner, fitter, stronger, faster at any age, lose the body fat and the weight that you want very quickly, very easy on a plant-based diet. I love it. I love it. Wow. And the information on that page on Amazing Fitness and Health is that's information, too, about the events we do together. So we really realize, and what the feedback we've been given is, as much as they like to see us individually, the the magic happens when we share the stage. And so we teach together. Mm -hmm. And so we have two-day events where we teach people how to hack their health and how to get healthy really fast and to get the body of their dreams. So I teach the healing aspect and how to get your cells healthy and how to feel great, how to be emotionally where you need to be and get past all the blocks that got you unhealthy to begin with. Because if people aren't healthy, it starts here, right? And so, and and then he teaches all the the amazing information to get you ripped and to get you strong and get you toned and help you lose fat. And so we do that together over the course of two days. So people yeah. walk away experts in understanding how their metabolism and their health works so they don't need to hire anybody else yeah. ever again. And don't forget, I also have, I have the largest fitness vegan vegan bodybuilding podcast on the internet. Wow. And it's on iTunes. It's called The Vegan Body Revolution Show. You can get to the podcast from AmazingFitnessAndHealth.com. Tremendous. Wow. It's so inspiring. And, and I, I, I trust that people watching... Keep an open mind, because although a lot of my uh, viewers understand vegan, because I've been advocating it for 38 years, there's a point where new newbies come on and go, oh, wait a minute, ah, this is a little too much for me. Hey, I used to be a non-vegan, so I know exactly what that's like. I've only been yeah. vegan, I mean, from the time of this recording right now, about four years. Okay. Four years, and then for you, it was like... Five and a half. Five and a half years. years. I was a vegetarian since I was a kid. But even as a vegetarian growing up, I always thought vegan's so drastic and that's so extreme. And now I think not being vegan is really extreme. You know, so yeah, you know. There's nothing that I love the taste of more than a nice juicy steak. The back of the day, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's that's what I lived off of in a big way to get the protein I need. I just found a faster and, and easier way that just doesn't have any side effects. So, right, I, you know, yeah. I, that's, that's we why were converted, we converted, so do. we understand. Yeah, that's yeah. why we promote what we promote. And also, on top of that, can, it, can, it can reverse your disease and, diseases and save your life. Yeah. Well, as you know, I created the Simply Healthy Cookbook back in the days when I was helping Tony Robbins establish his eating plan. Oh, wow. And this cookbook was 
design based on doing potlucks and food demonstrations. We'd bring in professional chefs mm-hmm. and we'd vote, you know, uh, which were the best recipes. And those eventually 240 recipes, gluten-free, dairy-free, oil-free. Oil-free. Huge, because we that didn't really address massive. that. Yeah. But the vegan community sometimes defers to making up the difference with too much oils. So and processed foods. Yeah, yeah, we were watching a great demonstration just a little earlier, you know, how to do the pan right and do it oil-free. Without using oil. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Which, is, which is really good. I mean, so the more tips that people can get about how to transition, how to make this work, whole natural foods and just doing it yeah. and making it tasty. I mean, I, I agree. I, you, you can have Asian foods, Mexican foods, Italian, uh, Greek foods. There's all these cuisines that open up once you give up this limiting belief that, oh, um, there's the yeah. four food groups in the Western diet. It also opens up. Right? Right. You're really addicted to the food that's going to get you ripped and healthy right. by right. making it taste so good you don't want to eat anything else. And I also, you know, yeah. I always talk to people, I was a cheese addict back in the day, you know, when I was sick. And, you know, I would say I'm so much more addicted to how I feel now than I ever was addicted to cheese. And so what, for folks who are really hesitant, you know, um, when I tell them to try it stepwise if they need to, you know, try adding what you're missing and adding, you know, fresh raw greens and green smoothies and add your omega-3 fatty acids and drink your water. And then, you know, what about eliminating some of the meat or, you know, but they can do it stepwise. But if they're willing to just really try it, yeah. give it 30 days. The meat and dairy will be waiting for you on the other side. You know, the processed food, it's all there. Give it 30 days. And if you hate it, I'll stop bothering you. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, and you know, maybe. And, uh, but, and if you like it, then you've just discovered something. And every single person who does it, they notice dramatic differences in how they feel. So for the skeptics, I just say try it. Just give it a try. Because, again, it's the results that teach you. You can read all you want. And the hardest part about becoming plant-based or vegan is deciding to do it. Once you decide, it's actually easy. You know, it really isn't that hard. All Her the information's out there. was cheese. Mine, mine was steak. Yeah. Now my addiction is tofu steak. Especially, you know, <laughs> s- s- like smothered with a coconut curry sauce. You can't beat that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and you're, you're right. I mean, making it taste good, that's definitely a process. I've really, you know, I'm a, I'm a doctor, not a chef. But, uh, you know, I, that's prompted me and people struggling with that to create. You know, I have a book, Green Smoothie Recipes, to kickstart your health and healing so that it can taste good so people don't make it and go, and it's not for me, you know. And, um, and I teach the steps. I have a book by Lupus, you know, teaching them the steps and how to create some of those recipes and foods. But, you know, the information's out there. I mean, we saw that chef today, mind-blowing. Uh, and I actually think the foods are better. There's that, more flavor. That's how you change people. You, make, yeah. you know what? You feed them something yes. that tastes so good it makes them roll their eyes back. You know that whole thing they were talking about, Dopamine yes. and addiction, all right, that. Right, right. Get them addicted to those. That's what we do to our friends and neighbors. <laughs> yeah. They'll give up meat very yeah. fast. Yep. So we've really covered, I think, well the topic of plant based protein, whole food nutrition. What are the other pillars of health? If you were to add them in, uh, how does the power of the mind, how does sleep, how does uh, exercise, and we mentioned a little bit about exercise, but do they play a role? And if so, uh, how could you do without it if, if they make a difference in your life? Well, definitely play a role. And, and you're the expert on when it comes to sleep and how that affects the brain. And Yeah, you know, really, again, you know, it's this holistic approach to what our cells need. And what I find is for some folks, they need to start in one spot. You know, so for people who are very ill, you know, exercise sometimes isn't where they can start. But when they start feeling better, I had a, a case study I presented, you know, of a woman who was so arthritic from lupus, she couldn't even get out of a chair without pushing down on the arms, couldn't bend down to get her own pants, had to use a tool to get pants onto her feet. And she was going to retire early because she couldn't climb up a flight of steps. So exercise was not going to be 
a starting point. Mm-hmm. But I put her on my hypernourishing protocol where we just gave her fresh raw foods, you know, green smoothies and omega-3 fatty acids and the water she needed. And she started on that program. And within a few days, she started to be able to move better. And by the end of the week, she was going on walks uphill. This woman who could barely stand was going for walks. She wanted to do it, but she couldn't move. And so she was really fabulous. You know, by the end of two weeks, she rode a bicycle for the first time in years. And she went for a two-mile bike ride. And, you know, and then um, she was, uh, by three weeks, she was going up and down stairs. You know, and so by the last week, she started chopping wood. I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I've never met anyone who chops wood for a hobby. But, I mean, she wanted to move. So I find that for a lot of folks that while we want to approach it in terms of all aspects, psychological, physical, in terms of exercise, food, we got to start where meet people where they are. And so... For her, once she felt the energy and her, her joints and body could move, well, exercise was something she wanted to gravitate towards, and that's what I find. And then, of course, uh, the other pillar for me is really relationships, your relationship with yourself, you know, learning to how to love yourself and, and to live in a state of gratitude. I, I think for me in my healing process, you know, I never, I never let my disease be my identity. And I see a lot of patients who suffer from serious depression and who have difficulty recovering. It's because I am sick and I am lupus. I am diabetic, right. you know. And, and once that's a part of who you are, then it's not something you can let go, you know. And so really moving in play, instead to a place of gratitude that I am here and I have gifts, and I have a purpose, right. and this is just something that I have to deal with and get past. And I've always embraced that, that I will have my life, and I, I, nothing will stop me from having that life. Because whether you have a diagnosis or you don't, none of us know how long we're going to live. So living in that place. So learning to live in a place of love and gratitude is extremely important. I work with people on um, conquering their negative hidden beliefs. Most of us have our beliefs set about what our potential is as a person and our value as a person, whether we're lovable or capable or successful or a failure. We develop that belief by the time we're five years old. And we grow up with it unconscious. And so for a lot of people, if they keep failing in love and in life and in fitness and in health, it's because they have a belief inside of them that's causing them to fail. Because if you believe you're a failure and if you believe you're unlovable, why would you ever do the things you need to do to get well? So for a lot of folks, I really need to start there for them, that they, they go to a program, they believe in the, they, they want to do all of the fitness, they want to do the nutrition, but they have to start with those beliefs. So for me also, it's also about building a relationship with people to see where do you need to start? Are you ready to just start eating better? Are you ready to start exercising? Do we need to start, start with working on yourself? And then learning how to have relationships with people where you can build really, truly heartfelt, open relationships with people that you love, with people that you meet in the street, but really connecting with humanity as a whole as well, I think is a huge part of healing as well. We are social beings and we need to be connected. I've noticed you can start improving in any one of those yes. areas. And what I've noticed is that one, when, whenever, you, whenever you affect change in one area, it automatically affects the same type of change in every other area of your life. Yeah. But I've noticed, especially like if you want to start with exercise, mm-hmm. notice that people who start exercising and start feeling better about their exercise, their mood improves, yes. their performance improves, their Absolutely. mindset improves. Or if they want to start with their mindset, you start, you say, hey, let's focus on, on making myself happier and feel better. All of a sudden, you see them exercising more. And then all of a sudden, you see them perform better too. It all seems to be 100% connected. I also notice that you can start 
anywhere, improving in any aspect. A lot of people I see, they start with their fitness. And when their fitness starts to improve, I notice their mood starts to improve as well. And then their performance starts to improve. And the relationships start to improve. And they start doing better at work or at their job. Or when they start with their mindset, they start just, hey, I'm going to just focus. You know, I see people, my clients, that go, I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to be focused on me. Yeah. And they go and they do whatever it is that fills their heart. And their mood improves. And all of a sudden, they start exercising more. And then all right. of a sudden, that translates into doing better at work and, and their relationships and so on and so forth. So I think everything you do, you, you affect every other aspect of your life. It's, it's, are you just bringing it in a positive direction or a negative direction? And that's it. Once you notice you start improving one area, all the other areas start to change in the same exact way. So you really, I don't think there's really any way to do it wrong other than you're, it's either you're doing it in a positive and uh, in, in, in uplifting way or you're doing it in a negative and detrimental way. It's, it's one, or, one or the other. You're either spiraling up or you're spiraling down. And I think it's all love. I mean, honestly, sure. when I talk with people about when they start to think about changing their nutrition and drinking green smoothies and eating raw foods, some of them are thinking about it as, as something negative, that I'm giving up what I like and now I have to eat this horrible food and this and that. And, of course, they don't do it. But when I, I teach them to look at it in a different way, that this is about love. You know, and when I drink a green smoothie, I actually think to myself, this is how I, I love you, you know, because this is how I give to myself. Yeah. I'm going to take care of this body that somehow kept me going all of these years in spite of the horrible things I did to it with Chef Boyardee and macaroni and cheese and all the things. Somehow I'm still here. And so that's love. Exercising is how I love myself. Yeah. And it's also how I love my partner. I take care of myself because I love him and I want to be here for him. And we've committed to each other that we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep improving spiritually and physically and in our health and in every aspect and what we give back in the world, that it's all about love. And so when you see that food is love and exercise is love and, you know, relationships that, you know, you live in this different space where it all becomes something that you just naturally gravitate towards. And so that's really what we try to inspire people to see is that really that's what this is about. Yeah, and then, I mean, everything we do is a habit. Everything yes. we do is a habit. Whatever we're we not doing, humans. I think anybody, any human being, yes. we, we're, we're all we're all habit based. I mean, they say what's the saying? We're all creatures of, of habit. You're either in the habit of doing something, or if yeah. you're not doing something, you're in the habit of not doing that thing. Yeah. And so I, I always, when I'm working with my my clients or students, I'm saying, well, just pick one. What do you want to do first? I mean, in my realm, I'm, I'm working with their body transformation. Want to start with making the exercise a habit or the nutrition a habit? Which one are you better at? It doesn't matter because. I know if they choose exercise, just make it a habit. You're going to exercise almost every single day and just make that a habit. What automatically starts happening is their nutrition starts to improve again sure. because they're improving one area of their life. They're going to automatically start improving the other area. Mm -hmm. But once they get that into a habit, then they stop thinking about it. And then all of a sudden the whole planning stuff, all the anxiety around it starts to go away. And they're only just getting the positive benefits from mm -hmm. it. You can start with the nutrition side, too. Just focus on if that's easier for you. Start making it a habit that you're going to eat in a more healthful way that's going to promote more energy and, and more health and the results you want. And then all, all, all of a sudden, I tend to see, well, guess what? They start exercising more mm -hmm. magically. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Make it a habit. Make it positive, And you're going to start seeing every aspect of your life improve. And you start where you can. You know, like yeah. transforming your eating is difficult. So for some folks to go, I'm so sick. I'm just going to, you know, I, I just tell me what to do. I'll do all of it. You know, some people, they're in organ failure. They're extremely yeah. ill. Boom, I can do that. Let's just transform you tomorrow. But for most people, it's terrifying to transform their diet. So, you know, you don't even have to transform the whole diet. Where can you start? Where can you start? Can you drink more water? 
okay, let's just start with the water. You know, I had one woman, she bought the Vitamix blender. She didn't plug it in for a year, but it was a step. She took a step, right. you know, right. and so it had to become a habit. So again, yeah, we start with, I, I make everything, let's, let's celebrate whatever step you take in the right direction. Instead of punishing ourselves for not perfecting it, mm-hmm. f- pick a small thing. And I do that even with my patients with depression or anything else. Just pick something that can become a win and celebrate the hell out of it, you know? So yeah. whatever that is, and start where you can, where you know you can do that thing, and it'll grow. Because the more you go in that direction, the more you notice how you change, how you feel. Okay, tell me the next step, Doc. I'm ready. You know? So, yeah, it becomes addictive. Just that, that transformation process becomes addictive when you do it in that positive light and you let yourself celebrate and you take the steps you need to take in that direction. Dr. Golden, that's great advice. I, I think a lot of people, they start a diet or an exercise, they fall off a little bit, and then they get all upset that, oh, I'm, I'm failing. Well, no, right. no. Celebrate what you did. Mm-hmm. And those few days that you missed your exercise, you didn't eat quite properly, whatever it is, look, every day's a new day, right? It's a new exactly. decision. So exactly. celebrate that, that you have the right and the opportunity to make that decision. And, and yeah. I tell people, what if you were to say, hey, look, I, I, I'm not going to live six months from now. W- what would you be doing? Who would you be talking to? How would you be treating your body? Mm-hmm. And if you could transform that, you went through that transformation. You, mm-hmm. You're living exactly. proof of being yeah. able to conceive. And I, I, I think back and, you know, certain areas in our life when they're traumatic or repressed or we're under the gun and we just think we're not going to survive it or some loved one dies – it, it, it's at the time it's the worst thing that could ever happen but for some people it's a huge turning point we either get stronger and we have to make that decision because yeah. there's so much to do to help contribute and help and I know you're doing a great job keep it up thank you um, I'd love thank to do some you. live webinars with you guys because this is that would be fun that would be really fun we love doing webinars oh, yeah yeah you, you guys will keep it going this is, this is good <laughs> you'll have a lot of call-ins and it'll be fun yeah. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's do the next segment as soon as it's possible. Absolutely. Dr. Goldner. Thank you so much. Thomas. Dr. Delgado, I appreciate so it. So beautiful. Good seeing you again. Great sharing the stage with you. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was telling Dr. Goldner, I mean, I, after I finished on the stage, he was just like so definite. He says, all of you people have to enroll in his program. And a whole bunch of them did. It's like, go to the back of the room. Just, yeah, he just said you were his closer. <laughs> uh, he, just, like, he just told them the way it is. That's, yeah. right. Look, you, That's right. Look, you, there's a lot of programs out there. Yeah, but Stuff works. I mean, it's as simple as that. I'm results based, man. Right, <laughs> so right, right, right. I know your stuff gets people the results that they want. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Dr. Nick Delgado here. Please give us a review on iTunes, and we'll be happy out of the group of reviews to choose a lucky winner of one of our award-winning products. It could be EstroBlock, Adrenal DMG, Stem Cell Strong, or even Power and Speed. We'll ship you a bottle at no cost. You'll enjoy it just from basically giving us a review on iTunes. Also, visit DelgadoProtocol.com. That's DelgadoProtocol.com, and take our free hormonal quiz. Looking forward to assisting you to be your absolute best.